This is a podcast by the Business Times. Welcome to podcast by the Business Times, and this is the third in a four-part special about my column, the level ground, and all things property as well. I'm your host Leslie Yi. People in Singapore like to complain. Hawker food is getting more expensive. Restaurant meals are pricey. Cars are unaffordable. Cost of raising children is exorbitant. Public housing or HDB flats are getting more expensive and it is hard to buy a built-to-order or BTO unit. Private homes, these are crazily expensive and out of reach for many. Is it myth or reality that private homes in Singapore are way too expensive? Amid private home prices rising through the COVID-19 pandemic, I studied data and trends and shared in a recent article in The Level Ground that Singapore private homes are not as pricey as they seem. My premise was, one, household income has risen faster than home prices over the past two decades. Income roughly doubled between 2000 and 2020 for the top three deciles of households, while home prices rose 76% between 2000 and 2021. Two, home loans are much more affordable today than at the start of the century. Three, many buyers can get as much utility from new, smaller size homes as they would with larger size units some years back. Hence, the absolute sum spent on buying a home is not rising as fast as the increase in the dollar per square foot of a home. Comments shared on social media and by readers reacting to my take on the relative affordability of private homes here were largely negative. Some thought I was completely out of touch. Hmm, did I lose my mind? But there are industry observers who share my view that home price rises in Singapore are based on perfectly justifiable reasons. This is what Leonard Tay, head of research at Knight Frank Singapore, shared. Despite private home price increases, which have gathered pace since 2018, the magnitude of income growth outpaced private property price growth in the last decade. Comparing income data and the private residential price index from 2010 to 2020, the 10-year growth rate for the price index was just 12.8% versus 44.9% for median monthly household income from work. There was a downward movement in private home prices from 2013 to 2017 due to the property cooling measures. Nevertheless, during this period, income growth continued its upward trajectory alongside Singapore's economic expansion and provided the purchasing power for more households to invest in private property. So private homes remain affordable today, and this is evidenced by the number of transactions despite the pandemic. Home prices in Singapore might be higher now when compared to the past, but when taken in light of the overall story that is Singapore, how Singapore has developed as a nation and its story of steadily increasing affluence in a globalised world, then higher home prices are just par for the course as aspirations increase in tandem with incomes. So homes in Singapore are not too expensive. It's just the natural way of things when there is stability and prosperity. Not forgetting, Singaporeans love affair with real estate. In a modern world with Bitcoin and all manner of investment instruments for sale, at the end of the day, Singaporeans love their homes, its stability as a tangible asset and how it represents our quality of life. I echo Leonard's point on how we Singaporeans love our homes. As a homeowner here, I've enjoyed both the consumption and investment returns of home ownership. Indeed, 
with disruption brought by digitalization and uncertainties associated with the pandemic, one may feel an even greater need to own something solid in the form of one's home. Nonetheless, affordability of homes is a challenge in many global cities. Fortunately, in Singapore, there's high-quality public housing that meets the needs of close to four in five of resident households. Flats can be bought directly from the housing board at subsidised prices, and some home buyers receive housing grants. Public housing flats are also available in prime areas. Still, it matters that private housing aspirations can be met and that there are private homes that cater to relatively more manageable budgets. Where do we find more affordable private homes? Let's hear from Wong Siu Ying, Head Research and Content, Propnex Realty. Like many things in real estate too, choice will influence price and determine affordability. While it's true that overall home prices have been climbing in recent years, there are still relatively affordable private homes depending on where you look. The resale market, for example, has done very well this year. Based on Caliot's launched about 78% of the non-landed resale private home transactions in 2021 were below $2 million. And out of that, three quarters were actually under $1.5 million. Then there are executive condos, which could be 20 to 30% cheaper than private condos. Now, obviously, homes in the city and city fringe are more expensive and could be beyond some buyer's budget. Size matters as well. Households are getting smaller and it's important to consider how much space is really required. So the issue of affordability really boils down to choice in terms of location, size and which segment of the market one is entering into. Good advice there from Suing to look at resale homes and executive condos. I think homes in further flung locations are definitely worth considering, especially as improvements in public transport, better amenities, rise in remote working and decentralization of offices can potentially make every location in Singapore a good location. The size of a home that is required matters too. Our household sizes are getting smaller with a rapid rise in the number of one- and two-person households. Also, some of us may want to reduce our usage of resources. I think developers have also become very clever in the design of homes. Spaces are more efficient with less odd corners. Spaces are also designed to be more flexible. An exercise corner can become a work-from-home corner, for example. Interior designers can also work their magic to make a space flow better or look bigger. As such, certain new 900-square-feet homes may offer as much utility as 1,200-square-feet homes built some time back. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. The topic, whether private homes in Singapore are excessively pricey. Certainly, a big factor in buying a home has to do with the availability and cost of home loans. After all, many home buyers take on loans to fund the purchase of a dream home. Today, we enjoy low interest rates. The interest rate on a home loan is around 1.5% per annum, compared with around 4.5% per annum in 2006. For the same tenor and monthly instalment, the size of a loan one can take shrinks by 22% if one uses an annual interest rate of 4% versus 1.7%. 
Indeed, the authorities here may be concerned that buyers get carried away by low interest rates that may not stay low forever. On December 16 last year, a fresh round of property cooling measures kicked in. Measures impacting the private home market include higher additional buyer stamp duty rates or ABSD rates and tighter total debt servicing ratio. This is what Dr. Tan T. Kun, Country Manager of Property Guru Group, has to say on housing affordability and the property cooling measures. Housing affordability is not just tied to one's monthly pay per se. There are other important considerations too. For example, how much cash savings does one have? How much CPF can be drawn down for down payment and for recurrent mortgage repayments? Are there contingency funds available to cope with the prospect of interest rate heights and other urgencies? How is the job stability of the ones responsible for paying or co-paying the mortgage loan? Private homes vary in price depending on size and location attributes. It is advisable for property seekers to right-size their property purchase and buy within their means. The property cooling measures that were announced on 16 December 2021 were not just intended to address the runaway housing prices, but also to instill prudence in managing household debt, which explains why the total debt servicing ratio has been adjusted to 55%. So one should not overstretch his or her finances to own that dream home. Are homes in Singapore too expensive? This is essentially a demand-supply question. All things being equal, demand will drive prices up if supply remains constant or dips. That is also why the government has in recent times rolled out more BTO flats and also released more sites under the government land sales program for tender by developers. It is vital that property price increases are in tandem with economic fundamentals. As such, the government's most recent intervention has been once again to ensure a stable and sustainable property market. I cannot agree more with Dr Tan's sentiment on wanting a stable and sustainable property market. Indeed, I dare say that is what the government, existing homeowners, aspiring homeowners, many developers, mortgage providers, and many members of the public want. But Singapore is a global city. It draws talent that wants to live, work, and play in the city. Singapore is also a dense city where land is a precious resource. With talent competing for quality shelter, high private home prices are somewhat inevitable. Let's hear from Dr. Lee Nigia, Deputy Director, Institute of Real Estate and Urban Studies, National University of Singapore. I don't think Singapore homes are too expensive if we compare the prices of homes in Singapore against the prices of homes in other gateway cities, such as Shanghai, New York, London, or even Hong Kong. In Singapore, there are options for every different income group. So for those who belong to the middle or lower income groups, they may find homes extremely unaffordable in these gateway cities. That said, the challenge in Singapore is more of matching the aspiration of the buyers 
and what is available in the market. The government has to juggle a balance in managing the resource constraints and the expectations of aspiring young home buyers. I like Dr. Lee's point about meeting aspirations of young home buyers. Ultimately, private homes here are an aspirational good. And with aspirational goods, the hard truth is that many who aspire may not be able to own them. Material desires, after all, may never be fully satisfied. Many of us may have to forgo expensive watches, fancy sports cars, pricey artworks, and Michelin-starred meals. Still, it is important for aspirations of mobile Singaporeans, including vital ones, such as owning a private home, to be within reach of those who work hard to succeed in Singapore. Prices of homes have had a good run through the pandemic. Cheap credit is available, but there's risk that interest rates may spike to fight inflation. If Singapore continues to do well, home prices here should rise over the long run. But markets have cycles, and buying a home is a big commitment. As always, be somewhat prudent. For potential home buyers, happy house hunting in a hopefully less frenzied market in wake of the cooling measures. Do your sums, keep your cool. And that's a wrap for this podcast by The Business Times. I'm Leslie Yi. Join us again next month for the final part in this four-part special on my column, The Level Ground in Singapore Property. That was a podcast by The Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Do note, all analyses, opinions, recommendations, and other information in this podcast are for your general information only. You should not rely on them in making any decision. Please consult a fully qualified financial advisor or professional expert for independent advice and verification. To the fullest extent permitted by law, SPH Media shall not be liable for any loss arising from the use of or reliance on any analyses, opinions, recommendations, and other information in this podcast. SPH Media accepts no responsibility or liability whatsoever that may result or arise from the products, services, or information of any third parties.